kind of all really numb because we were really dependent upon Lee and, and his tremendous ability. We're thinking about having a celebration of life, services. funeral services coming Thursday, Saturday. Friday, and you'll be hearing more about that. I know many of you had appreciated his, his music. I have consolation today that Lee is singing in a heavenly chorus because for the Christian, the Bible reminds us to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Do keep the growth family in your thoughts and prayers. Um, Sharon, uh, Sharon called Chris and I about 7.45 yesterday and wanted us to come over and we rushed over with her, I suppose about 8.15 and spent the morning there and I had been around death and dying so long I, I knew that it would be probably short briefly. Sharon said that it had been a while since Lee had opened his eyes. He opened his eyes and kind of when I brought up about all of it, keeping him in his thoughts and prayers, um, he kind of opened his eyes and he winked at me. And I know that not only Lee appreciated all the prayers, but Sharon continues to need that support. I talked with her just a few minutes ago on the phone and we're going to be communicating later in the day about 11.15 and she's going to be visiting the funeral home on Monday, though we don't know exactly the date. But if you really appreciate it, I know many of you did the music, Claris and Lee, um, keep the Lee Gross family in your thoughts and prayers. This morning as we turn to our bulletins, let us turn to the Lord in prayer and I'll ask if Kurt and Mike are get in position, maybe they'll immediately follow our prayers. Father, this morning we do reach out to you. You're the resurrection and the life. We pray for Claudia as we look forward to uh, the celebration of Amial's rabbi's service here on, on Tuesday. We pray that your comfort and your peace would be present with Claudia as she worships with us this morning. And many, by way of television, may not have known Rabbi, but he, he really loved the Lord. He loved all of it because it was a place to belong, to believe, and to become. And, and as we pray for the Gross family this morning, many of us are kind of numb and kind of in a state of shock, and it just doesn't seem possible. Lee, who was so vital here just a few weeks ago, is absent from our midst. We do uplift Sharon, and we do uplift many viewers by way of television, radio, and that appreciated his, his talent, his, his musical abilities. And as we celebrate continue to celebrate the birth of Christ and as we look at what's going on in the world and the chaos and the great reset we we pray father that we would hold the standard of scripture and tradition reason and experience we ask your blessing upon our scripture today and our order of service we thank you for the importance of music in in Lee's life and in our lives and those who view us by way of television in our congregation we are all grieving but we are grieving not as those who have no hope. Our hope is in the resurrection. We're not saying goodbye to Lee. We're just saying see you later. And to Rabbi and others, we, and those who are experiencing grief that are reminded about the absence of a loved one around the table or around the television or radio, we, we pray that the comfort and joy would be found in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. We pray all these things in your name as you taught us all to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, 
and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And at this time, Kurt will be reading from Scripture according to Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 through 18 and 14, 9 through 11, and 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 through 10. Greetings, loved ones. Hello. Before I read, I am compelled to share that I had the privilege of singing with Lee here. Uh, I believe you were out of town. We sang a bluegrass song called I'll Fly Away, and that happened so fast I'm stunned. Uh, there aren't words. That was, that was a great time for me, and since then, Lee and I shared the bond that most musicians and singers share, which is special because it not only was a musical bond, it was a spiritual bond, and he was very supportive uh, and, and truly walked the walk and walked in the light, and he flew home, and he's home, and we'll see him. Amen is right. I miss him already. I've been missing him this last month, and I'm going to continue to miss him, as I'm sure we all will and have. Uh, today's scripture reading is from Revelation 13, 16 through 18, and Revelation 14, 9 through 11. 9, 11. Who knew? I'm going to try to get through this without choking up. So pray for me. <laughs> also, it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is, the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let him who has understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. Its number is 666. Moving on to Revelation 14, 9, 11, <laughs> through 11. And another angel, a third, following them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he also shall drink the wine of God's wrath, poured unmixed into the cup of his anger. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. And they have no rest, day or night, these worshipers of the beast and its image and whoever receives the mark of its name. And uh, one more reading from Second Thessalonians chapter 2, 3 through 10. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first. And the man of lawlessness is revealed and the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you this, and now you know. What is restraining him now so that he may be revealed in his time? For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. And the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by appearing and his coming. The coming of lawlessness, the coming of the lawless one by activity of Satan will be with all power and with pretended 
signs, and wonders. And with all of this wicked deception to those who are to perish because they refused to love the truth and be saved. That ends the readings. Praise be to God. Love to you all. Peace and shalom. Hallelujah. Lee, you're home. Good morning, brothers and sisters. First, I'm going to do Revelation chapter 13, 16 through 18. Initially, we learn, we learn right from verse 16 that everyone receives the same treatment from God. Neither your earthly position nor your possessions will even matter. You'll have absolutely no bearing on how God treats you. Everyone on earth will receive the mark to be forced to live like an animal underground and away from the global uh, economy. Some may survive this action as seen in the judgment of the sheep and the goats. It may not matter if you don't make the choice between his number or his name to be inscribed in your flesh as the mark. Verse 18 starts out with, here is wisdom. This, is, this indicates that the wisdom is needed to understand the verses following. This verse also indicates the number 666 inextricably connected with the Antichrist. If seven is the number of perfection, six is an incomplete uh, number. And used 666 is used to show the intensity of the Antichrist incompleteness. It is repetition for the emphasis, emphasis to show how intensely false the beast actually is. My sermon on Revelation chapter 14, verses 9 through 11, this may be the starkest warning from God to those who take the number of the beast. This warning is for everyone on earth. The third angel flies through the midst of heaven, warning people that worship the Antichrist and taking his mark leads to eternal punishment in hell. We're rejecting God and taking this number seals your opposition to God and marks you as God's enemy. Taking this mark will eventually become a voluntary decision. Those unfortunate souls will drink the undiluted wrath and judgment of Father God. They will drink from the same chalice or cup that Christ prayed would pass from him before he went to the cross. It didn't pass from him. That's why he was crucified. He drank from the wrath of God's cup and chalice. Remember those words? Lord, let this pass. He was talking about the chalice of judgment and anguish. That did not pass. The last part of verse 10 says that, and shall be tormented by fire and sulfur in the presence of the angels and the Lamb. I thought initially, sulfur and brimfire in hell. How can God and the Son be in hell? It is not speaking of hell. It is speaking of the great white throne of judgment. When I came off that, it was like, click, it, I understood then. And when it says, and there the smoke will rise forever and ever, means that God's judgment on the Antichrist and all of his minions will rise forever and be truly permanent. The smoke rising forever and forever is symbolic remembrance of what happened to them. God's judgment of the Antichrist or those who receive the mark will never become dated or out of, out of date for eternity with God and the angels. Would you stand with me, please? Thank you. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Kurt, Mike. Let us turn to our um, inserts. And Chris, would you please come forward? And um, we're going to turn to um, one of the scriptures in here, uh, the day of the Lord. It's number 670. It's copied from the, the hymnals. 
<coughs> and it's um, taken from Second Peter chapter 2. First of all, you must understand that in the last days some will appear whose lives are controlled by their own passions. They will make fun of you and say, he promised to come, didn't he? Where is he? Our fathers have already died, but everything is still the same as it was since the creation of the world. They purposely ignore the f this fact that long ago God spoke and the heavens and the earth were created. The earth was formed out of water and by water, and it was by water also, the water of the flood, that the old world was destroyed. But the heavens and earth that now exist are being preserved by the same word of God for destruction by fire. They are being kept for the day when wicked men will be judged and destroyed. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief, and on that day the heavens will disappear with a shrill noise. The heavenly bodies will burn up and be destroyed, and earth with everything in it will vanish. Since all these things will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people should you be? Your lives, my life, should be holy and dedicated to God as you wait for the day of God and do your best to make it come soon. The day when the heavens will burn up and be destroyed and the heavenly bodies will be melted by the heat. But God has promised new heavens and a new earth where righteousness will be at home and we wait for these. And so, my friends, as you wait for that day, do your best to be pure and faultless in God's sight and to be at peace with him. May God bless the reading of his word according to Second Peter. One of the last things that Lee had mentioned to me, you know, here a few weeks ago was, you know, you probably should have the people stand just before you preach so that they're just kind of um, a little more flexible and they, they don't fall asleep on you. And um, the first time I met Lee, you know, a little over 23 years ago, I rode my unicycle down the aisle, and then it was Mike Campbell, and I don't know if it was you, Gary, or somebody else, Mike Campbell, tried to put Lee on the unicycle. And, you know, a unicycle is a one-wheel bike, and it was going back and forth, and I, I've often wondered if I could go back and catch that video, because I know it was videotaped. I was thinking last night, just about all night, I was awake and I was trying to prepare um, for Lee's service and Rabbi's service, and I I still have some recordings of Rabbi on on my telephone, and I kind of struggle with whether we pray or whether we play those um, last words, some of the last words that we had. I know Rabbi was thanking the congregation for their prayers. And um, I just felt at the time I didn't want to erase it. I've played it a number of times since then. He was so appreciative of this congregation because he felt that it was a place to belong, to believe, and to become. And that's kind of our slogan. And Lee, who probably has had this church as his home for, was it 50-some years or longer? It's quite a while. Anyway, isn't that something? <laughs> and that was just kind of like yesterday wasn't it? And then all the activities that Lee was involved in, um, I think that Lee had probably retired from softball, and I was, um, let's see, 42, I retired, 
but there used to be all kinds of trophies in the fellowship hall, and, and all of it was quite a powerful um, softball team, and they competed against many uh, other church teams in the area, and they developed those trophies. And we now <coughs> realize that the Lee has that heavenly, heavenly trophy. I heard last week on Christian radio that 90% of evangelical Christians, conservative churches, pastors, veer away from any discussion of the book of Revelation. Um, I'm hoping that we're part of the 10% that, you know, don't ignore the book of Revelation. The last year or so, we've been taking the book of Revelation verse by verse. I would have the, um, the um, Zoom congregation on, on Zoom and video Zoom, and I could see them, and they could see me, and we would, we would um, <coughs> read the book of Revelation verse by verse, and we're at the final chapter now. <coughs> so some of us are a little bit maybe ahead on the book of Revelation. You know, one of the more familiar phrases in, in the book of Revelation is the, the one that's most misunderstood. Misunderstood, but many people have heard about the mark of the beast, which is kind of the Antichrist, and that spirit is prevalent in our society, the Antichrist or anti-religion, and I believe just in the next few months and years we're going to see much more Christian persecution. It's never um, been so heightened in, in the age that we live in, and it, it's corresponding 666, but few recognize its prophetic significance or believe that it will ever become a reality. Among those who believe it um, signifies a future and of literal prophecy, and it's become a source of confusion for some. Amid all the talk of COVID-19 and the China virus and the vaccines, I'd like to read that main passage of scripture again regarding the mark of the beast. It's Revelation chapter 13, 16 through 18. Also it, the beast, causes all both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave to be marked on the right hand or the, the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless they have this mark. That is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is a number of man, and that number is 666, Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 through 18. You know, before tackling the prophetic significance of this mark for today, let's look first at what we know about it from Scripture. Who is the beast? Um, I'd like to um, be a little contemporary here. I'm, I'm not a prophet. I'm not the son of a prophet, but there's a, a global elite and there's a glo global elite plan for your future and my future and it's called the Great Reset. Now we don't hear too much about it on fake news, but on Christian radio and Christian programs we hear about it. And this will be your future if some powerful people from the WEF and that WEF stands for the World Economic Forum get their way, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy about it because we'll all be kind of like Marxists or we'll all be like socialists. Energy will be green, rationed and expensive. Travel be, will be restricted. 
your diet will be controlled and your currency will be digital. This left-wing dream is called the Great Reset. Say it with me, Great Reset. And you're supposed to be excited about it. Who could have ever imagined, you know, where we're at today uh, just a year ago? The Great Reset is well documented. The Great Reset, we go Google um, the um, WeForm, weform.org. It's been labeled a conspiracy theory and and parts of it sound like a conspiracy theory, but everything we know about it comes from the global, the globalization and the global elites themselves who have been quite open about it. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is a well-documented movement among many of the world's most powerful people. The Great Reset fundamentally is is a radical, it's a complete transformation of, of everything that we do in our society. It will change the way business is evaluated. It will coerce business to pursue left-wing causes. The Great Reset, Reset was unveiled at the World Economic Forum. The forum in, in Switzerland where many of the world's, the world's most powerful people go to offer solutions to the world's problems. And they've said that the, the Cronus pandemic as a historical opportunity to change the, the way the, the world operates. Revelation chapter 14 verses nine through 11 tells us that those who worship this beast or this antichrist, antichrist um, philosophy, basically like the old socialism and Marxism, humanism combined. And if they receive this mark will face an eternity in hell, as Mike so brilliantly shared with us. These verses do not allow for any sense of repentance or for turning to Christ once a person receives that mark, which will seal their eternal fate. And besides worshiping the Antichrist, is there anything else about taking this mark that might make a person's eternal destiny irreversible, yes. Many, many prophecy speakers suggest that this WEF, or the World Economic Forum, may be this transhuman cause. I agree that, the, that this transhuman element is inherent in the futuristic plans which have been discussed by the WEF, the World Economic Forum, may be the reason for this. If, if the mark that the Antichrist will force upon people to take during the tribulation changes, suggested that it changes the DNA of people at the globalist plan to do through possible future vaccines. These um, injections may change people to the extent that they no longer feel a part of the human race for which Jesus died for their sins. Bill Gates um, openly discusses his plan to change our DNA with vaccines. The globalists will make no secret whatsoever of their intent to change humanity into something that's unrecognizable at the current time. It's what um, Klaus Schwab, keep that name in mind, you'll be hearing more about Klaus Schwab. He's the founder of the World Economic Forum, the WF, he refers to this as the fourth 
industrial revolution, fourth industrial revolution. You remember when we studied the various revolutions in high school? So it's far different than the previous industrial revolutions. He wrote the, this about the transhuman nature of people once this new industrial revolution takes hold during the Great Reset. Great Reset. He stated that previous industrial revolutions liberated humankind from animal, animal power, made mass production possible and brought digital capabilities to billions of people. This fourth industrial revolution is, however, fundamentally different. It's, it's characterized by a, a range of new technologies that are facing, infusing the physical, the digital, and biological worlds, impacting all disciplines, economies, and industries, and even challenging ideas about what it means to be human. Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab intends to dramatically change the human race by combining individuals with machines that decades ago was only the stuff of which wild, wild science fiction. But now it's part of the, uh, the Great Reset, the Great Reset that has, that has um, captured the admiration of world leaders other than President Trump who opposes globalization. Now what, what is this um, beast that's referred to in our text in some other, it's some other than the Antichrist? He is a beast that will use, will rise to power at the start of the tribulation, this tribulation is like seven years, pretty much in agreement that the tribulation is seven years, whether you be believe in pre-trib or mid-trib or post-trib, there's going to be seven years of chaos, three and a half years of peace and three and a half years of chaos. The Antichrist will rise to power at the start of the tribulation and assume total control of all the nations of the earth by by its midpoint, if not before, he's called the person of lawlessness that the Apostle Paul wrote about in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 through 10. And halfway through this seven-year tribulation, the Antichrist will defile the Jewish temple in Jerusalem. This desecration will begin his reign of terror in which he will demand that everyone on earth will worship him as God according to Revelation chapter 13, verses 5 through 9, which we read. And it's during that 42 months, that three and a half years of the tribulation, that the Antichrist will make war on the saints as well as the Jews. And this is the time Jesus warned about in Matthew chapter 24, verses 15 through 22, which will be a, a time of great persecution for the Jews as well as for those who refuse to take the mark. And while... The technology for the mark may already be widespread in use before the halfway point of the tribulation. At this point, it will become mandatory along with the worship of the Antichrist according to Revelation chapter 14, verse 9. And the penalty for refusing to worship the beast or this Antichrist system of Marxism and socialism and take his mark will be certain death more likely by beheading according to Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. Well, what is a mark? The word in the Greek for mark suggests that it will be a visible stamp or a, 
permanent tattoo that will display one's allegiance to the, the beast as well as allow the person to engage in commerce. It's kind of like the Heil Hitler. It could be some sort of barcode whereby the store scans the person and groceries or clothes one is buying into the system. But more likely, it's one's identifying information will be stored on a computer chip underneath the mark that will instantly connect a person with all of his or her information on a, on a distant, distant central database that will instantly reveal whether or not that person has a, the necessary digital money to complete the purchase. Peter Koenig, a geopolitical and former Senate economic, economist at the World Bank and the World Health Organization, who um, wrote the following about this ID 2020, ID 2020, and you can Google a lot of this information too, which contains all the key elements for the coming mark of the beast described in Revelations 13. Now, what is this um, ID 2020? And what is the um, infamous ID 2020? It's, it's an alliance of public and private information and partners, including the UN agencies and, and civil society. It's this electronic ID that uses generalized vaccination as a platform for digital identity. Another hypothesis at this point, only a, a hypothesis, but a realistic one, is that along with the vaccination, if, if not with this one, then possibly with the latter one is this nano, a nano chip, maybe injected, unknown to a person being vaccinated, and the chip may be remotely charged with all your personal data, including bank accounts and digital money. Yes, um, digital money, that's what they are, are aiming at. So you really have no control anymore over your health and other initiatives, data, intimate data. But also over your earnings and spending, your money will be blocked or taken away as a sanction for misbehavior or um, swimming against the stream, you may become a mere slave of the masters. And we're moving towards a, a total, total, total state of the world. This, this is a part of the agenda of ID 2020. And these steps are being implemented right now, prepared since long, including by the Coronas computer simulation at John Hopkins in Baltimore, as of 18 October 2019, and it's sponsored by the WEF, the World Economic Forum, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And we know that from scripture that without the mark of the beast, people will not be able to buy or sell. Peter Conant again says that who, who is not a believer, he's not a believer, and does not reference the mark in his article says, that even with ID 2020, one's behavior, your behavior, my behavior, may determine whether or not one has full access to one's funds. When I first learned about the mark of the beast, it seemed like something that belonged to a, a far distant time. Although I believed it would happen, that it would happen someday, and now 
decades later. Decades later, we not only have the technology to make it a reality, but, but the globalists at the WEF, the World Economic Forum, and the UN and elsewhere, they talk openly about the ID 2020, which sounds remarkably similar to the mark of the beast described in Revelation 13. Now, will accepting the mark of the beast seal, seal one's eternal fate? Now, when one considers the words of Klaus Schwab, it stands to reason that those who take the mark will surrender their lives to the control of the beast. The mark may render people incapable of placing their faith in Jesus Christ. It, it also makes disobedience to the Antichrist impossible as well. Peter Conant, who bases his future hopes on people rising up and thwarting the plans of the WEF, the World Economic Forum, or the, this great reset, things are changing, the reset, wrote about the tyranny that the globalist plans for humanity. Over the years, I've warned you about globalism and Marxism and socialism. I grew up in an era and a time where many of my associates in having World War I and World War II funerals and listening to personnel and, and how socialism and communism and Mein Kampf and Hitler and how he convinced the people and the multitudes, even the church people, to be believers in his cause. It's not without reference, tongue-in-cheek, to the 20, 2010 Rockefeller report, which um, foresaw and planned at the first phase of their deliberate human transformation, the lockstep, the lockstep scenario, that the, the transformation, as we now know, is planned to be nothing less than a, a modification and, and digitization of the human genomes. They're making robots out of, of our brains or, or to gain some total control over the population. Those that are left of us after the UN Agenda 2021 to 2030 is fully implemented. Now, it's, it's quite staggering for me, I know, to contemplate the elite of our world have already put so much planning into what appears to be what Revelation 13 and 14 describe as the mark of the beast. And if we see such open discussion in preparation for something that the Antichrist will not be fully implemented and enforced until the midpoint of that seven-year tribulation, because we know that there's going to be three and a half years of peace and then three and a half years of chaos, how close we are to the start. Well, what is the um, prophetic implication of this mark of the beast? This prophetic with the central emphasis on this COVID-19 vaccine and the push to make it mandatory. Some wonder if this could be the mark of the beast. I believe that we all should be discerners of the time and discerners of what we should do. And while it appears that the mark will likely include a vaccine, any such injection before the start of the tribulation cannot be yet. The church will be in heaven with Jesus well before the Antichrist gains control of the world and forces everyone to take his mark under the penalty of death. Now some wonder if it's possible 
for someone to unknowingly take the mark today? Again, the answer, I believe, is no. The Antichrist will require those who receive it to worship him. People with any understanding of scripture during the tribulation will, will know what the mark signifies as, as well as the consequences for taking it. What is the key to this prophetic? I close with this. What is the key prophetic implication of the mark of the beast? The open planning for it among the world's richest and, and most powerful people tell us that the, the Lord's appearing to take us home must be exceedingly close since we, we know this happens before the start of the tribulation. And as it is, I never thought I would see so many signs of tribulation before the rapture as I see today. Our departure from this world may not happen this week. We may experience a, a rapture like Lee before the real rapture. Our departure from this world may not happen this week or this month or even in the foreseeable future. However, we are well past the time when we can assume it will not happen today or this week or this afternoon or, or in the very near future. We may see Christmas 2021, and I'm sure last Christmas, and Lee thought, you know, seeing this Christmas, and there was much more into his future, but when he was told his condition was terminal, even when he had was told he had months to live, that terminal meant for Lee he was kind of giving up, according to Sharon. And what we do know for sure is that the rapture is closer than most believers think it is. It's um, nearness is good news for us because it's the moment we receive those glorified bodies and a glorious and joyous eternity and eternal adventure begins for us. Father God, with every head bowed and every no mind open, what we do know for sure is that the rapture is closer than most believers think it is. It, its nearness is good news for us because it's, a, it's the moment we receive the glorified bodies where there's no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more pain, and no more suffering. We think of J. Samuel Smith. We think of other loved ones in our congregation, Lee and Rabbi, and the glorious and joyous eternal adventure that they are a part of now. It does not get any better than that. We hear those words, Maranatha. In the New Testament, Maranatha means, come, Lord Jesus. Come soon, Lord Jesus. The story, the story is told of a ship to shore conversation of a U.S. naval ship with Canadian authorities off the coast of Newfoundland. The Americans said, please divert your course 15 degrees to the north to avoid a collision. Canadian says, recommend you divert your course 15 degrees to the south to avoid the collision. The Americans respond back by, this is the captain of a U.S. Navy, Navy ship. I say again, divert your course. The Canadians respond, no, I, I say again, you divert your course. The Americans respond by saying, this is a U.S. Air Force carrier, the largest ship in the United States in the Atlantic fleet. We are accompanied by three destroyers, three cruisers, and numerous support vessels. We demand that you change your course 15 degrees north, that one five degrees north or countermeasures will be undertaken to ensure the safety of this ship. The Canadians respond by saying, this is a lighthouse, it's your call. Wow, what a picture of our human wills 
of our human pride, of our human arrogance, of our stubbornness. Here we're locked into conversations with God and God's future word and demanding that our wills will be over his will. And the Bible spells it out so clearly that if we allow it, if we allow our sin affects every part of our lives, the Holy Spirit is saying to each and every one of our hearts that that's a lie. Retract what you said, O Satan. And we may say he deserved it. The Holy Spirit says that's stealing. Let it put it back. We say no one will miss it. The Holy Spirit says that's pornography. Put it down and walk away. And we say we can handle it. And eventually the Holy Spirit says your call. Your call. Father, we thank you for, for giving us the backbone to walk away when prompted towards evil. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, with every head bowed and every eye closed and those by television, radio, and Facebook, other means of communication, would you repeat this prayer? Father, thank you for giving me the backbone to walk away when prompted by evil. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. I really miss little echo out of my left ear and Lee would sit over there and he'd respond and I could I could hear him respond during all those prayers and how I I miss that that response would you stand with me and turn in your bulletins to the uh, offertory prayer the offering plate is at the back of the church and join me in this prayer in the bulletin holy God and parent of us all we have moved through this season of family and Christmas joy, and we are reminded that beyond our earthly families, we have adopted us into your heavenly family. Through the saving, redeeming work of the incarnation, we have become heirs, and our redemption is a magnificent gift of salvation. We give our gifts, but we give ourselves as the only fitting response your adoption of us. We're rebellious children. Lead us in your way into this new year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I'd like to ask Pastor um, George if he'd prepare to um, dismiss us in a word of prayer after uh, the doxology. Would you join me in this doxology, please? Amen, and thank you, Pastor. We have an announcement. Nona, did you have an announcement for that? Yeah, here. Did I see your lips move? Abby, amen. Do you have anything to fill in there, Mike, or Joyce? Anything? Chris, did you have an announcement, Chris?
Ms. Cliff, any other announcements? Central Superintendent's Office here. Any other announcements? Father God, we just want to thank you for this report on Abby. And we, we thank you for your word that it says, Suffer not the little children to come unto me, for such belongs the kingdom of God. And she's so sincere and so sweet. We pray that you'd guide the physician's hands in this small body of, 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 of joy and, and such hope and resiliency and we pray father that you would open those arteries and the veins and we just thank you for the master physician of all and we we pray for marie too lord just a saint of god that wants to be here and 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 just loves to pray for people and and share her testimonies and we pray we thank you for pastor george and char and we Pray for the Gross family and Rabbi's family and all those families out there that may be really hurting. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm.